What's going on, everyone? Welcome to In the Loop with Loop One Records. It's your boy Matt, M A T with an E. Here we are, episode 84. Thank you, everyone, who's been rocking with us since day one. We appreciate your likes, your shares, your comments. Before we get started, I'd like to remind everyone to be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Loop One Records. Keep up to date with all that we're doing with local artists and upcoming events. Um, and also be sure to support local businesses. Visit shop.loopwomrecords.com for our latest music and merch available for download and purchase. Uh, normally, I would ask how Big Will the Kid is doing this week, um, but unfortunately, he is not joining us today. He's got some personal issues and personal matter to take care of, so I've encouraged him to take some time off, as much time as he needs. Um, he did that for me last year, and I can only return the favor. So whenever he's ready to join us, I'm looking forward to his return. Uh, but the show must go on. So thank you again, everyone who's been rocking with us since day one. And thank you for everyone who's watching us today. Um, I'm just going to jump into it right now. What am I listening to this week? Um, I've been listening to a little bit of everything. I've been on like an old, old vibe, like, like something that I would listen to when I was like younger, younger. So the first on my list is 50 Cent uh, off the Get Rich or Die Trying album. And this is the soundtrack to the movie Get Rich or Die Trying, right? And I think that came out in like early 2000s, right? I remember my dad loved that movie. And so we watched it a you know, couple dozen times. But the album is heavy. It's heavy. It's something that's very motivational, very gets you really hype. Um, I was listening to it today on the way to meet a, you know, meet a business partner. And, and I was just listening to it. I'm getting hype. I'm like, yo, I'm ready for this meeting right now. Um, but I was like, yo, that's so dope. It was, it was a great album. Um, then I was, of course, listening to Kid Cudi this week, Man on the Moon 3, which so when, when this album first came out, it was, it's a dope album. I love this album 1000%. It's Kid Cudi. You can't do no wrong, right? So I was painting and without realizing it, I like looped this album like four times. And I realized there's no skips in this in this in this joint in this album. The album is perfect. It's pristine. It's vibes from start to finish. So I I feel like I I underestimated this album. I, I know I spoke very very highly of it when it first came out, and I know me and Big Will the Kid talked about this album. But listening to it again, at, at, you know, after the fact and after some time has passed, and I'm listening to it again, I'm like, yo, this album is beautiful. So Man on the Moon three. I've been in heavy rotation this week. And then I started listening to Lil Dicky again, right? And I was listening to to his old music, whatever. And I'm like, what the hell happened to Lil Dicky? Like, where did he go? You know what I mean? I know he he did his FX series, Dave, which is cool. I honestly haven't watched it yet, but it's cool. I've heard good things. Then he had the track. Freaky Friday with Chris Brown, which was hot. Don't get me wrong. But, and then before that was like that Earth song, right? Where like all the featured artists were like animals. Like they were claymations, right? But what happened to him? Where did he go? Did Dave like, did, did Dave take off? Did, is Lil Dicky still a thing? Is he, you know, still relevant in the, in the game anymore? I was, I was trying to, I was listening to the Pillow Talk and I'm like, yo, this was Lil Dicky. Like when he was, you know, scratching and clawing to get uh, the attention that he got, right? And he's a skillful rapper, but I feel like now I, I almost feel like he hit a point in his stardom where he's just like, all right, I got really nothing else to do. You know what I mean? So that's kind of whack. I really want to see more Lil Dicky, more fun Lil Dicky, you know? Um, but yeah, that's really all I've been listening to this week. A little bit of everything, a lot of older stuff, uh, some more relevant stuff, but um, 
yeah i don't know it's been a whole vibe i'm, I'm exhausted <laughs> i worked like six days this week and um you know i was determined to get the podcast done like i said the show has to go on but like i'm tired <laughs> i'm tired so i haven't really been actively looking for new music or new artists i've just kind of been like putting my head down and keeping my feet moving um i've been on a on, on like a motivational like like in a motivational drive lately so i've been like really like on youtube heavy i'm watching and listening to a lot of nipsey hustle like his words of wisdom and even big sean he just did an interview and he was talking a lot about you know his 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 come up and talking about like what he thought about the world and the universe and you know his relationship with him and janae like you know he was very insightful and it was it's it's i've been needing that motivation times have been rough lately like i said big will the kids got his thing and i got mine and, and and we're both trying to balance each other out but you know we have our good days we have our bad days where we're just like yo man i don't feel like doing anything and that's been that's been kind of the vibe lately you know i feel like everyone everyone not even just us just everyone's been like tapped out already like i think everyone's just kind of over <laughs> over this year but it's spring the new season's here it's a beautiful day out um so it's it's we're getting there you know what i mean better days are coming as i like to, as i've been saying lately um you know so I, I was setting up the podcast and it's just me here dodgers around here somewhere but it's just me here you know i set up the lights i set up the camera i set up the tripod and everything right and i got people asking me about the podcast about how we do things and one question i've been getting lately is yo like how do you get over being nervous or how do you get over like talking into a mic or talking into a camera like how do you not get nervous because you sound like you're so comfortable and I'm like well because I am I am very comfortable but I realized as I was setting up like I'm more comfortable doing this talking in front of a camera talking in front of a mic like this being recorded than I am like setting up to like take pictures of myself you know what I mean it's very this is very comforting to me and I guess, I don't know, I've always been kind of in front of the camera. Not that I had like any big break or nothing like that. I don't have this like miraculous story. Like I was the Gerber baby or some shit. But like when I was a kid, I think I was like third or fourth grade. I I used to do the morning announcements in my, in my elementary school. And, the, you know, at the time it was like, you know, we had this long table, this whole setup in the in the library. And like I said, I was in third or fourth grade and they gave us a script. They gave us something to do, but we were on camera for the whole school to watch. And that's the earliest I can remember being on camera, being in front of a, you know, a, a set and having to, you know, deliver. And then of course, you know, I've done a couple plays. I've done a couple talent shows. Um, and then even like in middle school, we, I was in like this, this, like, a, like another announcement team, right? We did things for the whole school to watch. We came up with these ideas, make it fun, make it interesting, make it, you know, make it, make, it was a, it was like an amateur newsroom, right? And then of course, you know, here recently in the last couple of years, we, me and Will worked on a, like a local TV show and I was the host of that too. So I guess I just, over time, I just got kind of used to being in front of the camera and, and just, just, I don't know, I guess I, because when we were on the TV show, it was live TV. So there was a lot of pressure on that. Not going to lie. I was really nervous at first. Um, but even here, like whatever is on camera and whatever is caught on audio, like it's it's there forever. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess just over time, like I just kind of got really comfortable with it. This is fun to me. Plus, I'm in my own apartment. So like this is my safe space. This is where I know I can be myself. And I feel like I'm myself on camera. And, you know, what we put into the podcast and what we put on on 
our YouTube channel. Like this is this is who I am on and off camera. You feel what I'm saying? So I, it, to me, it's just it's so natural. You know what I mean? If I'm talking to a homie, like I'm talking to y'all, it's the same thing. They get the same energy. They get the same talkative, insightful, uh, opinionated, uh, but yet open minded and understanding person um, that I like to I like to pride myself on. You know. So I don't know. Everyone who wants to get join a podcast or make a podcast, I encourage it. I feel like everyone should be, you know, creative to to in something. You know, have something you have fun doing and build from there. And so I've been having a lot of guys, you know, friends that are interested in making a podcast, and they're picking my brain. And I'm like, yo, this is what I do. This is what I did. And you know, all the advice I can give them. And it's like it's not free game. It's just like, yo, you got to find something that works for you. I found what works for me. All I could do is tell you what I did. And if it works for you, great. You know what I mean? But as far as how do I get comfortable, I've been comfortable. Uh, you know, if you got, you know, I remember I was working with J Troop back when I was rolling with with his label. Um, and he had a he had an audio engineer that taught me about red light syndrome. You know, when, you know, you could be, you could know your material, you could know your song start to finish, no problem whatsoever. And then as soon as you get behind the mic and the produ- and the engineer tells you, all right, recording now, you go blank. You know what I mean? And that's what he described to me as red light syndrome. You could be ready. And then as soon as you hit record on the camera, or as soon as you hit record on the, on the audio recording, it's, it's real. Like it's something that something inside you just like, whoop freezes and panics and like you forget you you forget your name you forget what you're doing you know but i guess like i said just over time you know i'm sure there are guys and it was the same thing like if i'm on stage like i said I, I i i get really nervous on stage but i can do this no problem if everyone's different but anyways moving on last episode on episode 83 we talked about drake's new ep scary hours 2 that was dropping that friday before here we are two weeks later, we let it marinate, um, and me and Will were going to kind of do a quick review about it, but since Will's not here, I'll still give my review about it. Real quick, what's next? First of all, the hottest track out right now. What's next is like everyone's spring, summer anthem, and I feel like it's only going to get better from here. This is by far my, my most favorite track off the EP. Uh, so what's next? It had a, a, music, a music video. I guess they're rolling through Toronto as far as I know. It's uh, it's Drake's hometown that he's rolling through in a Rolls Royce, what it looks like a Rolls Royce. And uh, it, he's just he's just spitting. He's just having a great time. Um, it's it has to be the catchiest track on the EP, like the 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 hook, the verses like it's just, you know, it just everything was just like, oh, OK, like he had fun. It was hype. It was fun. It was something that you just got lit to something like, uh, you know, laugh now, cry later. It was just one of those tracks. Right. And it was honest, really honest bars, and they were very basic. He, you could tell Drake was very vulnerable, but he was just like, "I don't care. I'm gonna tell you what it, how it is," you know. And I've been seeing people on TikTok and, and Facebook talking about like, "Damn, Drake really putting his business out there," and it's just like, for, "Yeah, might as well." You know what I mean? Might as well because nothing more you could have fun with, right? What do you say? Uh, Valentine's Day has sex. I guess we'll see what's about to happen next. You know what I mean? Like it's just dope. Like it's just honest. Um, and then of course the second track is wants and needs featuring little baby, which I, I I think I talked to Will about this off camera. He knew about this track and I'm very upset that he held out on me because he didn't tell me about it. Um, it's catchy. It's easy to sing along with. Um, there was a line in there that I, that caught me off guard when I first heard it, I was working and I stopped in my tracks. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did he just say what I think he said? And so the line was, yeah, I probably should go link with Yeezy. I need me some Jesus. Now, 
publicly, you know, Drake and Kanye have had some diss, has had some beef, right? And of course, Kanye is now going through a divorce with Kim Kardashian. And there's a lot of speculation that maybe Drake's trying to get in there with Kim K. Um, but I feel like the name drop with Yeezy um, in this track, I feel like there's something there. There's something beneath the surface between him and Kanye that he's still provoking and that he's still like kind of poking the bear with, you know what I mean? And and Drake, I, I think he said it in one of his songs, like, nothing, like, ain't shit sweet. Like, I'm a beef with rappers, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a beef with whoever because he can, because he's Drake. And I feel like Kanye is probably just like the, the big boss, the big dog for him to take down or for him to beef with that, that would go down in the record. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what this beef is with, with Kanye. I'm all for it. But I really just don't even understand it at this point. But the name drop in there was very subliminal, but very apparent at the same time, if that makes any sense. And then, of course, Lemon Pepper Freestyle. First of all, I don't know why this song is called Lemon Pepper. Lemon Pepper, go ahead and attack me on Twitter, guys. This is by far the worst flavored wings. Worst flavor anything that has ever been created. Now, spicy lemon pepper, one thing. Uh, garlic parmesan is another. But Lemon Pepper Freestyle. Of course, Rick Ross's big boy self, he was on this track. I guess he thought Lemon Pepper was about his wing stops because, you know, he owns a chain of wing stops. Um, and that's not a diss. That's facts. Um, so Rick Ross is featured on it. It's lengthy. It's like seven minutes. But it's it's a very intimate song. This is one of those tracks that both Rick Ross and Drake, you could tell, were like just, they were just, they were just talking their shit. They were just talking. They were just expressing themselves. They were just airing it out. But it sounded like a Rick Ross throwaway. Rick Ross opened the track and then it sounded like it faded out. And then like as if Drake heard this track from Rick Ross and he was like, hey, let me get that track. I know you only have one verse on it, but let me go ahead and take that and I'm going to throw another four minutes on it. And it, it, to me, it, it was just one of those. It, it didn't make any sense. The, the song was too long for me to like really focus on and for me to really latch on to. But it was good. It sounded it was it was a vibe, but like I guess I just really wasn't paying attention to the lyrics and what they were talking about. But I know it was very intimate. I know he was talking about some real stuff. Drake definitely got in deep. Um, but it was just it was it was too long. It was like seven minutes of of nothing, you know? Um so overall, I'd give this album like an eight point five out of ten. It's it's dope, it's it's catchy. For an EP, I think Will even called it on on episode eighty-three. He was like, yeah, watch it be three tracks. And he hit the nail right on the head. I knew it wasn't going to be two. And he said three, boom, we got three tracks off Drake. But now this leads me to the question. Will Certified Loverboy bring this same energy as Scary Hours 2? Like I said, What's Next seemed to have the hypest track. Um, and then, of course, Wants and Needs following it. It had a similar vibe. It had a similar tempo. It had a similar just, just energy about it, right? So... If I compare that to laugh now, cry later, I, I see a correlation. I see some some similarities, right? Uh, lyrically, uh, you know, flow, energy, hypeness, all that. So I feel like Certified Lover Boy, if this is the way it's going, it's going to be pretty dope, pretty heavy. Um, so yeah, let me know what y'all thought about uh, Scary Hours 2. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
uh, add us, DM us, let us know what you thought about Scary Hours too. Uh, if you have your own reviews, we'd love to hear them. You know, this is, you know, I'm, I'm just opinionated. I ain't got nothing. I'm no uh, A&R person. This is just what I heard. And this was, this was my review. So let me know what y'all thought about Scary Hours too. And what do y'all think this means for Certified Lover Boy? Alrighty. So first topic of the day, a company called Avex, spelled A-V-E-X, investment with uh, quality control record label. So Avex invests in a virtual artist label, Spirit Bomb, quality control striking gaming partnership. So quality controls record label. Um, and so is Spirit Bomb. It's a virtual artist uh, platform similar to what we saw last year when Travis Scott went on to uh, Fortnite and did that whole virtual concert. I feel like since then, many other labels and many other businesses, especially on Twitch, they're they're giving this platform of to artists and they're linking with quality control and with other record labels to gain these artists and put them under contract to have this to utilize this platform, right? So a little bit of background, AVEX, uh, the U.S. arm of the Japanese music company AVEX Incorporated, uh, invested in Spirit Bomb, which is a record label and creative studio that develops virtual recording artists in collaboration with real life creators. Enough said, right? Spirit Bomb uh, from Strange Loop Studios, the creative studio that has designed visuals for musicians, including The Weeknd, Kendrick Lamar, Toki Monster, and Flying Lotus. This partnership allows Spirit Bomb to develop more virtual artists, build out its music catalog, and launch immersive content initiatives, including interactive live streams, allowing viewers to influence musical performers in real time. So interactive live streams, I mean, I feel like this is similar to what, Trish, to what Twitch is doing, but allowing it for big time artists to put on a, put on a show and be able to interact with the fans on, you know, on demand, right? Uh, so Avex is looking to integrate its artists and writers into Spirit Bond's project as collaborators and music creators. Uh, a little quote here from Avex U.S. President Nako, Na, Naoki, Naoki Osada, the creativity and futuristic version of Spirit Bomb slash Strange Loop have been striking to us since we first met them. We are they are our great friends. We share a similar philosophy about the future of music and are delighted to now call them business partners. We believe their successful experience with big pop stars and cutting edge artists will be a strong factor to bring forward uh, to, to, to bring their forward thinking vision to a mass audience in both the Japanese and the American market. Now, the artists that we have here in the in the states, in in at least in North America, right? We have Canadian artists, U.S. artists, and even uh, you know the Latin American artists, right? If we could take, I, I'm just brainstorming here, right? If we took the artists that we even have here that are housed here, and we take them internationally, and we take them overseas virtually like this, I feel like this brings huge opportunity for not only big artists, but even potentially smaller artists to utilize, maybe they don't have to fly to Japan. Maybe they can partner with someone like Avex or uh, Spirit Bomb to be given this internet, this virtual platform to you know meet and mingle and interact with their fans overseas, right? Uh, so 
XSET and QC Holdings, which is Quality Control Holdings, um, the parent company of hip-hop label Quality Control and QC Sports, the two companies will be partnering on initiatives including content creation, music collaborations, joint recruitment, and management of new gaming talent. The, in the integration of QC talent into the XSET roster, exclusive music releases, gaming and lifestyle events, merchandise collaborations, music licensing deals with gaming publishers and more so gaming publishers you know me and will we talked about how a lot of artists now they're kind of getting contracts or publishing deals to where like oh i can get you in nba 2k or i can get you in madden or i can get you in mortal Kombat. and i feel like with with what quality control is doing with x set um the music licensing deals and the merchandise collaborations well now they get to get with these gaming publishers that are creating these top shelf and these very high quality games right and the audience that are following these series it's allowing musicians and labels to get in there and somehow i i, I don't know if they're going to create a royalty base on you know when these when these games are sold do or when when their music stream in this aspect right it's like they get first dibs on whenever this music is released or from exclusive offers from these record labels that say okay well we don't want to release this album or these these songs yet, but we're going to allow these gaming publishers to go ahead and add it into their into their you know into the virtualness into the game into the you know oh you know we're going to make an exclusive on this day at this time an exclusive con uh, concert's going to happen between this artist on this game at this platform and boom it'll be the announcement of their album or whatever you know what I mean like an exclusive you know announcement or an exclusive uh interaction like that with fans i feel like that'd be amazing to see um oh it's kind of like what we like i said with travis scott he used fortnite to show and to play his uh to perform his scott's track with kid cuddy right the the first time anyone's ever heard it they heard it on fortnite during his virtual concert i feel like we're going to see more of that uh i got a quote here from xset ceo greg selko QC are visionaries and early identifiers of the hip-hop and gaming revolution. We have enormous respect for them and are thrilled to be able to tap into QC's incredible creative abilities and business acumen as we continue to grow together. QC meets their audience in the places where they discover music and gaming is new music's newest locale. This relationship crystallizes our existing centuries and synthesis, synthesizes a brand new creative and artistic medium so quality control launched back in 2013 hip-hop stars such as Lil baby big with the kids favorite artist right now uh migos Lil yachty and of course cardi b so quality control comes with a roster comes with some backing right and for them to create this connection with x set and then avex having this connection with spirit bomb and quality controls uh you know uh partnership with avex it's 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 almost like you're seeing the future. And as I would, I would probably bring this up with Will too. He's, he's familiar with the touring and with the, uh, you know, the way that works on, on the business side and the production side of it. I feel like, as I've said before, this is the future of touring. And, you know, I was talking to a venue the other day and he was saying, and they, the guy was even saying like, artists get paid to perform. And if they can, if they can't perform in the venue physically, they should be able to perform virtually. And I feel like with the way that the gaming industry is going, that's going to be the best way for labels and publishers 
to find a good middle ground for each other. So I don't know. I'm interested to see what this means for big stars that quality control has to offer. Plus seeing where Xset and Avex end up in a year's time. You know what I mean? Um, in related news, DistroKid has partnered with Twitch to offer qualifying DistroKid members to, uh, who have shown a level of dedication and success in music the opportunity to join the Twitch affiliate program. So basically, DistroKids offered a way to collect royalties and to have the publishing of playing your music through your gaming. So if you stream via Twitch, you can collect your royalties in that manner too. Sounds like you got to be qualified. You know, you have to show a level of dedication and success in music. I don't know how they measure that. I don't know what their like standards are, what their minimums are. But even then, to be able to to utilize Twitch being the platform it is, it's, it, I mean, I'm not a gamer. I know a lot of people that are. Um, but if you can make music and game right now, that's probably the biggest lottery ticket you could have right now. Um, I don't know. So let me, again, let me know. Hit us up on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram at Loop One Records. Let us know what you think. Let me know what you think about, uh, you know, quality control teaming up with these virtual platforms, with these gaming publishers, and seeing what this means. What do y'all think is the future of touring? Would y'all, are y'all even interested in virtual concerts like that? Or would you rather see the real thing? Let us know. Um, the second topic of the day Pop Smoke is still at number one. RRP Pop Smoke. Uh, Pop Smoke has the longest running number one top R&B and hip hop album chart since 1990. Long time ago. Uh, his debut LP, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. Phenomenal album, by the way. I, I could go on and on about that. Um, the July 2020 album jumped back up to number one from number three, earning 43,000 equivalent album units and increasing by 13% from the previous weeks. It stayed 17 weeks on that chart at number one. The most weeks an album has hit number one since MC Hammer's 29-week run with Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him in 1990. So 29 weeks MC Hammer spent at number one, right? This overtakes, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon, takes the cake that Eminem once had for a 16-week run with Recovery, uh, to become the chart's longest running number one of the 21st century. So besides Eminem beating out 16 weeks, Pop Smoke, RIP, has run, I think at this time it's 18 weeks, I believe, something like that. So if he could stay consistent, I say he, like he has control over this, I, if his album can stay up there, because it is a great album, I listen to this album at least once a week. This album, if he could stay up there another... What I say, 12? If it stays up here another 12 weeks, yo, it'll beat out MC Hammer's Please Hammer Don't Hurt Hurt Him. And ah, damn, that's a, tw that's a 31 year. That's 31 years. No one's been able to do 29 weeks in 31 years. So if Pop Smoke can do it, that's going to say a lot about what could have been for Pop Smoke's uh, career, you know, could if he was still alive, right? Um, but I wanted to give him some, some homage. I wanted to... Give him some props because that album is amazing. And to stay 17, 18 weeks at number one, it's it's a hard task to do. Um, you know, you hear about, uh, you know, albums or singles being up there for, you know, 30 weeks, 40 weeks, whatever. But like for R&B and hip hop, it's it's tough because there's a lot of new artists, a lot of old artists. And once you're once that 
once that match is burned, it's it's done. You can't really come back from being 50 to one or whatever. But to stay within the top three and be number one for 18 weeks, that says a lot about the music. And, I, and whether people are listening to it because they miss Pop Smoke or because it's an actually good an album, um, either way it goes, it's a hard task to, to accomplish. So big props to Sm Pop Smoke and his estate. Um, and definitely looking forward to him hopefully beating out that 29-week 20, run that MC Hammer had. Um, and then our third topic for the day, Iggy Azalea and pay for play. Now, <laughs> I'm not going to do what I did last time. And I'm not going to talk about Iggy Azalea on our Twitter because I, as Big Will the Kid mentioned before, we went semi-viral because we talked about her. I forgot what I brought up, but yo, people were liking, people were, re were retweeting, people were coming after us. Because I think, I don't know, I think I said, so oh, I think I said something about her, like, not being able to rap or something like that. And people were coming after me, so I'm sorry. But I'm not going to do that. However, uh, Iggy Azalea feels validated following GEZ's streaming manipulation report. And this is following Rolling Stone's bombshell report exposing the music industry's pay-for-play when it comes to streaming. Uh, Iggy Azalea is speaking out on the topic yet again. She took to Twitter um, on March 11th, looking for answers from people who question her valid, valid, validity. Is that even a word? Validity on the topic when she talked about the payola in music in 2019. I'm gonna, I'm gonna title this this episode "Payola" because I've never heard anyone use this term before. So Iggy on Twitter said, "Remember when the internet said I was making up that streaming has payola worse than radio?" Glad someone's starting to ex expose the secret world of streaming and curators, in quotations. It's time. So back in 2019, the fancy rapper claimed that stream inflation was a real thing that wasn't being talked about enough in the industry when compared to pay-for-play seen with radio stations, right? So I got a stream, I got I got a couple tweets here that I'm gonna have. I'm going to probably put on the screen so y'all can read with me. But so this is coming from at Spotify cares. Um, they replied to, to another, to a, to a Twitter user saying, Hey there, thanks for reaching out. We appreciate your feedback. Our editorial team are independent and use taste data research and trends to create playlists, but we'll make sure your suggestion makes it to the right team. If you need anything else, give us a shout. Iggy Azalea fires back with the data across the board shows sally walker was the biggest song dropped yesterday but you won't add it at number one on new music friday it's down in the 20s it's down in the 20s is that the data that made you do that or taste cough industry politics cough payola coughs and this was in reply to spotify cares iggy azalea then replied again yeah by taste they mean payola then Iggy Azalea tweeted out yet again, when they can't say what's real because you need to make friends, make friends, don't question them, basically. It becomes a bigger issue, Kirion. Uh, no one is screaming, but when own tweet says it's based on streams, data, and trends, am I wrong for wondering why my record is being paid dust? And this was in response to Kirion Donahue, who she mentioned, Someone needs to tell Iggy this is not how to make friends on Spotify. Also, NMF has never been curated based on volume, streams, popularity, or how loudly an, ar an artist shouts. So, Iggy's pissed off, clearly, right? 
saying that she's not given she wasn't given the the praise i guess she should have or or you know people feel like she she faked her success right so rolling stones uh expose obtained audio of a phone call between GEZ's team and a digital marketer named Joshua Mack, who promised to get them streams boosted for a price on the black market. Yes, the music industry has a black market. Um, I don't know how that works, but it exists. I think it's the Illuminati. Someone throw the, the, the pyramid with the eye in there. <laughs> Uh, so Mac reportedly said that he had the ability to generate 200 million streams a month for around 30 to $50,000 a month. And he's done this for numerous major acts. First of all, g Easy, where the hell has g Easy been? But if his team is hurting, if g Easy's hurting so much that he's willing to pay $50,000 a month for 200 million streams, what 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 is he doing? I don't understand this. The Federal Communications Commission, or the FCC, has regulations to limit radio payola, but no entity is really responsible for regulating streaming manipulation. However, major streaming services such as Spotify have tried to penalize those who engage in the practice. So, as independent artists that we are, we've seen we've seen artists try to buy streams or what we call bots, right? Where you can manipulate and boost your numbers. Uh, and, and honestly, I used to be against it, but sometimes you need to create your own traction. And a lot of times, you know, look at it from this way, right? If I send you a video and you see it only has five views, I don't feel like you're inclined or like you would feel like this is popular enough, right? Now, if I send you a, another video and it has a million views or a thousand views, I feel like be like, oh man, a thousand other a thousand people watched it. It must be good. You feel me? So technically, this this is a good way for an independent artist to gain traction because they can boost their numbers from five to a thousand to kind of make themselves look a little more uh not not, not what am I what am I trying to say? A little more. They just they just look better. It just makes them look better because if you have five plays, everyone's gonna think you're a joke. But if you got a thousand or five thousand plays, now people will be like, hmm, okay, let me take a look at this, right? So I, I'm not completely opposed to botting because imagine that, right? You, let's say you bought five thousand views. Well, imagine five thousand organic views. Now you're at ten thousand. So now you just earned 5,000 real views and you create that traction to where you may have bought 5,000, but now organically you can earn 50,000. You know what I mean? All because you made it seem a little more popular at the beginning. It's taboo. A lot of people are against it. A lot of people don't like that idea because you should start from the trenches and work your way up. I completely respect that. I completely understand that. But when, you know, we live in a time where technology is on our side, and it's it's you know you, you need a little boost you need a little edge you know it's it there's 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 it's not like taking steroids you're you're I don't know I would never do it myself but if an artist came to me and was like yeah you know I bought it you know ten thousand views but this but what I bought it I've now quadrupled organically to me it's a marketing tactic you know what I mean it's it's sales it's I gotta I gotta look 
I got to look like I know what I'm doing. And it's kind of hard to do that when you have zero views and you're trying to gain traction off nothing. So I get it. I But for G-Eazy, G-Eazy's created his own success. Um, he's performed numerous places. He's earned plenty of awards. He's hit number ones. I don't see why he feels the need to bought 200 million streams in a month for $50,000. I feel like he could do so much more with that money. But I don't know. Maybe he's hurting. Maybe he's like, yo, I'm broke. I can't do anything else. Um, shit, dude, you know, for 50,000, he can go buy a fire ass, uh, you know, he can go buy a little baby feature for 50,000 and get his number one status back. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, 200 million streams. That's just kind of whack. I seen, if this is true with Jeezy's team, this makes me question Jeezy's, uh, integrity as an artist. Cause that's, I don't know. I don't know. And like, like, like I said, streaming services like Spotify, they penalize for those who engage in the practice. It's, it's like I said, it's taboo. A lot of play, a lot of streaming services, they will pick up on bots so quick and shut you down and erase your data, erase everything. And you will start from ground zero. If you think you can man manipulate that, good luck, good luck. And then, and apparently Joshua Mack has a, has a method that will be undetected. But good luck, Josh, Matt, because I don't believe that. 200 million streams? No. No way. No way. I don't believe it. I don't believe that at all. I need to do some more research on Josh, Matt, because I don't even know who the hell that is. He's a digital marker, so he knows what, what he's doing. But on 200 million streams, you'll get, so, you'll get flagged so quick. And everything you worked for up to that point, especially if you're G-Eazy, will be erased, will be demolished. Like, you will be erased from existence, especially from big streaming services like Spotify. So I don't know. I feel like Iggy Azalea is trying to shed some light on, you know, there are people in the black market and people who are, you know, I do agree. Pay to play is a real thing. I feel like I feel like, you know, artists can pay for opportunity to be at number one and they could pay for like, oh, opening, you know, the, let's say the album dropped Friday. Uh, I want to pay Billboard or someone, whoever the hell, to boost my numbers for the first week. Right billboard ain't gonna be like all right yeah we'll boost you for a week and after that you're down to 13 good luck you know what i mean they'll take your money quick especially these labels labels will take that artist money so quick but at the end of the day it's all about organic it's all about growth it's all about how you know it's it's rinse lather you know repeat you know what i mean like you gotta you gotta do this every single day every single week and that's why it's important as an independent artist to have like a team behind you because you basically have to be up 24 hours a day, seven days a week to even get that traction off a brand new drop. You know what I mean? And it's even harder for artists that aren't so relevant and that aren't so well known to get that traction. Cause you may, you know, I'm, I'm learning about digital marketing right now. And uh, there are things that I thought I knew that I don't know shit about. And there are things that I, I didn't even know were possible. But, you know, I'm learning day by day, but there are ways, but it, it is a full-time job. So it's important to either get a team behind you that knows, that knows what the hell they're doing, or you're going to have to, you know, brush up on your marketing knowledge and get the educational materials you need to push yourself. But you got to be consistent with it. Otherwise, yeah, you got 100 views today. Tomorrow, you may have none. You may not have another view for three more, three more months. You know what I mean? Um but I don't know. It, it's it's a whole thing. And I feel like Iggy Zalea is trying to shed light that people are boosting their numbers and that's how they're getting number ones. I feel like she's kind of being a little salty because 
she's the only so no one knows that he's Delia as the rapper anymore they know her as the girl that uh car wasn't that playboy cardi you know got pregnant like she she's not relevant in the hip-hop game anymore and uh, yo i don't even care if people come after me i'll take that because it's facts it's it's 1000 facts she looks good she had plenty of work done she had her little stint you know when ti discovered her now she's just she's 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 just she's just there you know what i mean so i feel like she's just kind of salty that she doesn't have the the i don't know the tenure or she doesn't have the success that people like g easy are having and she's like oh well they only they're only got success because they're boosting their numbers and blah 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 blah. and it's like yeah but you you're you don't rap you don't rap anymore you know what i mean like you you don't and i hope she doesn't she's not good i don't know y'all let me know what y'all think um but that's all the that's all the topics I got for today. Like I said, real quick, easy process. Uh, you got to hang out with just me. Um, and, you know, like I said, I hope Big Willie Kid comes back soon. Um, but till then, we'll keep the ball rolling. Um, so social media plugs, man. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Loop One Records. Visit LoopOneRecords.com, shop.LoopOneRecords.com. Uh, you could follow me at Mad Life Vibe, also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, on the shop, we got what do we got? Pop sockets, t-shirts, hats, old OG t-shirts. Uh, Ten dollars, uh, no promo code needed. Um, go stream Big Wheel of Kids' latest single "Wrong" on all streaming platforms. Go get mine and Big Dog Rocco's collaborated EP uh, "Monster Vibe" in Volume One. Uh, also available on all streaming platforms. What's up, Dodge? He's like, hurry up. All right. Um, go follow In The Loop Podcast on Spotify. Search up In The Loop Podcast or Loop One Records. Whoa. Easy, buddy. Easy. Um, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Follow us on SoundCloud, In The Loop Podcast or Loop One Records. And of course, subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, we're still hoping to get to that 50 subscriber mark when we do we're gonna have a nice little giveaway to our subscribers as a big thank you for keeping up with us and following us there you go Bubba. <laughs> um but yeah well till next time guys peace